Welcome to Where Parents Talk. My name is Leanne Castellino. Our guest today is an educational consultant, a former teacher, and a coach. Larissa Mills is also a mother of three and the founder of iParentGen.com. Larissa joins us today from London, Ontario. Welcome, Larissa. Hello, Leanne. I'm so excited to be here, and I am so I am so proud that you're talking about these things. We really need it. And you know, you are as well in everything that you do. So I want to get right into it and ask you, how would you go about describing uh, parenting in the cell phone and the smartphone era? Wow. That's a loaded gun of a question, Leanne. Mm -hmm. I would say in this era, it is more about the parents having it easy. And the parents are a little bit too more helicopter than they need to be. And they think children are coming out of the room programmed, but they really don't come out programmed. And they really need to be active children. And they really need to be creative children. And they really need your attention. And when we're not accessible because our head is into a phone and we're looking up something on Pinterest, even though they want to show us something, they want us to color with them we're actually setting them up for failure as a human being. Because if we're not giving them their mental skills or social skills and healthy habits, which we're actually seeing and we just previously discussed, children by four years old are almost a year or two behind in language development alone because they've been on a a device too long watching videos. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. And to be honest, I'm a little scared for the future. So let's break that down a little bit. What would you say concerns you the most about children and their exposure currently to cell phones? Well, we know that children under 18 haven't quite, you know, well, especially now, don't have those socializations, interactions. They haven't been in the activities. And when they've been on a device, and I I think I shared the stat with you, by 18 years old, the average 18-year-old now as somewhere in the phone use area of 15,000 to 20,000 hours by 18. That is more than an Olympian. That is more than a doctor has in their training. Let's just establish that. So if they're watching these videos and on social media, I'm concerned about what they're seeing, what they're doing and what they're learning and what bad habits they're learning because they can't be like this as an adult, right? It's not going to function. They can't be employable. They can't be teachable. They can't be coachable. We're, we should be very concerned about the amount of hours that a child is on a device. But secondly, to answer your other part of your question, um, we should, and I would like to see social media for under 18 gone. I'm going to, I'm going to put that right out there. (laughs) So let's talk about how it works in your family for a minute. Now you've got two teenagers uh, and a 11 year old. So you're right in the wheelhouse of the parent age group that we're talking about in terms of of kids and cell phones. Right. Right. What have you done in your own home? Because you've just said that you would wish that social media didn't exist. And I'm wondering what you feel about cell phones existing, but what kind of rules did you put in place in your household and how have you maintained them? Okay. When we first started, because my, I have an 18 year old now, she was about 12. And I said, something's, she's like, mom, I want this iPad thing. Cause it wasn't phones at first, right. For the kids. It came out as a, as an iPad. I said, I'm not buying you one. I said, if you want to buy one, you're going to have to get a job and buy one yourself. And she was a competitive swimmer. 
she actually made her own business, taught art classes in my Pilates studio <laughs> and earned money to buy. I'm like, oh gosh, she went and did it. She took very good care of it. And what we loaded onto it years ago was, um, I think it was Netflix and she started to watch TV. And then I started to see a change. I started to notice, I'm like, what is happening to my child? This is not my child. She's becoming more introverted, quiet. Uh, she's not socializing as much. So we took her I'm like, no, 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 no tech in your room ever, ever again. So forget, we took that rule and we've made it for the rest of the family. Uh, I checked her phone. I checked her devices. I, as we've graduated with this, right? Because we didn't know any better. We don't, we started to make more rules and she started to get more lippy. And I'm like, well, sorry, these are our rules. And I'm going to check your phone. And we, there weren't um, control apps when she started. There weren't all of these pieces of technology like FYI, play it safe or, or phones like Trumi or Pinwheel out there. Um, Apple phones are designed to be highly addictive. And I would really advocate if parents are listening, never to buy one, to buy a safe phone for like a Trumi or a Pinwheel because they safeguard the child. They protect the child, they're added layers and, and you can look at them and, and see why. But we had to make rules up in our own home, uh, no phones in the rooms. Um, you are only allowed like one social media app that we had access to and we had to know all the emails and all the accounts. Um, then we started to add a parenting control app and screen time because as we were learning to go through this, we're like, no, 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 this is unhealthy. But she started to come back. She started to be more social. Um, she never suffered in grades or anything like that. She was an extremely high competitive athlete. Um, and I, my son wasn't interested in a phone literally until we gave him one at grade nine and we let him see how it was going. And now we've let him sort of test the waters. We've given him the parameters. They all leave it down on the main floor, dock it at night. Very important to let a child self-soothe to sleep. Even at 18 and 15, I, I can't, I can't express that enough. The amount of parents are coming to me saying, I can't get my 15 year old to sleep. So we put, we made those rules and so far we're, we're managing, we're, we're on top of it in our house. Um, and we try and book time with our kids. What do you want to do tonight, guys? Play cards? Um, we're, we've usually been in an arena. We live in an arena or a court or a pool. So we always brought a little backpack along for any of the other kids. If you're at someone else's sport, you can color, you can journal, you can do whatever you want. And now my child literally is playing by themselves at an arena while the other kids are just sitting on a phone. So we've tried and, and we're learning and navigating still, but um, I think it's about spending time with your kids, showing them that, that they're valued and loved because they're so vulnerable online today to online predators. Absolutely. Now you bring up a whole bunch of different points there, but I oh, wanted yeah. to zero in on one specific piece, yeah. which is, you know, in the parents that you talk to um, about these and other related topics, like where do you see the common mistakes or the common trends uh, where they where they really stumble and, and you know, question what they're doing yeah. with respect to, to rules, boundaries, et cetera? I'm, I'm seeing they haven't examined their family's values. If you examine your family values, like in any company or any, um, any board or organization, if you have your set value system, it's very easy to construct expectations and rules and routines. So oftentimes you're like, oh, my child just wants their phone whenever they want. No, no, let's put a control app on it. Give them between four and five at night 
or perhaps when Johnny's sister is at gymnastics, do you want Johnny to be on a phone or do you want to spend that hour engaging with him playing tic-tac-toe or games and, and take him there and run errands with him? Make your day easy, but also you have to engage with each child. So how, how, what does that look like, right? Um, and it's hard because we are all, let's say non-pandemic mode here. Uh, we're all very, very busy and out and about. But let's not forget to schedule that important one-on-one -on -one time with your children and talking to them, right? But that's the number one thing is they sort of get these devices and then they're literally, they can't stop them from using them. So it's about habits with them. And also it's about demonstrating and role modeling at home. How often are the adults on the phone? If we are carrying them around 24-7, uh, your children are going to carry them around 24-7. And I have parents literally screaming, I can't get my kid off my phone. I'm like, well, what are you doing when they're off their phone? They take a second. Do you make yourself accessible? Do you make yourself open to playing and doing games? Because the children learn through play, right? They build resilience and self-talk through play like snakes and ladders or spot it. Or even if we even devote 20 minutes a day to a child, they are, they are less likely to have a mental health issue. 20 minutes, that's all, right? Of devoted love and just listening and just a dialogue, but they are very frustrated with kids in their, their bedrooms, I think too. That's another big one with the phone. So I'm like, take it out, mm -hmm. turn the Wi-Fi off, put a control app, put a snap stop button on it. There's lots of things we can do, but a routine is best. A screen routine. I, I have a, do you have a, screen, a family screen plan course? And it takes you through setting up the household on routines. Everybody's on a routine. And, but that routine is based on the emotional needs of your child though. So it's kind of cutting both. It, it does, it's a win-win. Now you alluded to some of the science around this in the beginning of the interview. I'm curious um, as somebody who sort of looks at this in the research side of things and the evidence-based piece, yes. what do you want parents to understand uh, if they don't understand any of the other things that have just in, been described, if they find making rules difficult, if they find um, enforcing rules challenging, what do you want parents to understand about cell phones and the impact on children neurologically, socially, and physically based on science? If we examine, uh, I take a lot of my literature and readings from the British, American, Australian, and Canadian pediatric associations. So this is where I get most of my updated uh, information from. And what, what they're researching right now is all screens and the impact of screens. So we got to look at what they're putting their money into and it's into sleep. And I also, very interesting piece of, of medical information was um, a doctor, an endocrinologist who um, I had the pleasure of sort of meeting through someone. And he says, I'm very concerned because at this rate, if children are sedentary six hours a day, seven days a week by 20, oh shoot, is it 2040? I think he said 70% of children will be obese. He goes, we are not only in a mental crisis, we are in a physical health crisis with our children. So we have to look at that medical evidence and what doctors are suggesting. These, there are rules and, and policies out there that children are not allowed on screens under the age of 18 for more than an hour. But it, we know through studies that they're on between six to eight, even 10 in the US. I don't even know how that's possible with eating and showering and 
you know, at least mm-hmm. hanging out and preparing and doing things, but it seems to, but that evidence is there. It is all there in education and in medicine. They're, they're very concerned. And now it's about somehow about enforcement. You talked about early on that if it was up to you, you would, you know, want to see social media canceled. Let's put it that way. Yep. Where do you stand on devices and cell phones based on being a former teacher, being in the education space and doing all the parenting education that you do? Uh, okay, so question number one, I will answer as the educator. And actually, I consult with different boards um, internationally. Um, and uh, there is a thing called too much tech in the classroom. We know that if we give a class a, it's really interesting. We gave them a grade 10 history um, assignment and that assignment was done in that entire period, done no problem. We gave another class the assignment, but to be done online on a laptop and using research, they took three periods. We're actually not as productive when we give children browsers and access to browsers and when we let them have Wi-Fi, because those teachers said they were on their devices constantly. I had to get them off. Then they were on the browser because we took away their phone. Then they go and they play uh, Fortnite, they gamble. The older kids will look up pornography right in the middle of the class. So we're actually allowing children to be in a, if I want to say professional setting for the first time, we're letting them learn bad habits on our turf. And I think we have to really think as educators, what we're saying and what we're doing and have better filters in the browsers, which a few companies are coming out with um, and, and having more precise and healthy databases where they can go and research their work and have better blocking uh, involved or many teachers want us to go back to paper because children actually learn brain to paper far more effectively in terms of short-term and long-term memory when they go to regurgitate that information in a summative of former assessment like an exam for instance yeah and now they're just basically if you can see me i'll look at my phone look at the teacher look at my phone look at my teacher um they will have missed two points of meiosis and when they go to take the test uh, you kind of missed anaphase <laughs> so they're really not we're not preparing them to be a detailed student anymore or to be invested as a good student with good habits anymore. And that sets them up for failure in the employment world. So I think our our educational system is failing the kids right now. You talked about um, how this was already a huge problem. I think we can all agree before the pandemic started. Now we're two years and, and almost two years into this pandemic. Oh, Certainly really? it's been <laughs> exacerbated by, by this reality. Yeah. What in your estimation needs to be done to sound the alarm for the future? Because we are talking about a whole generation of children here and we're talking about a whole generation of parents. Yes, if it, were, if it were laid at my hands, I'd revamp education to include far more group work, uh, less of some of the content and curriculum and engage them more in physical uh, activity, outside activity and try and fill in their two years of lack of curriculum here anyway in Canada. Um, I would probably embrace a little bit more of a play oriented curriculum and have a little bit more art therapy as well and activities and hopefully the government can fund maybe more activities like they do in England. They make them mandatory activities after school. So you don't pick up your kid till five. So they get a sport and an activity 
provided free from the government and they're so much happier when they go home. I think we need to look at a different model in education uh, in, in terms of backdooring uh, medical, medical um, um, needs and our healthcare system. Because if we don't take care of our little minds right now, we're gonna be paying for that later on. Even at 18, we've seen a exponential uh, percentage um, increase in anxiety, depression, and suicide. And it's not stopping anytime soon. The more we open the doors to more social media, the more it's gonna happen if we don't equip them mentally to figure out and navigate context, nude photos, sexting, predators and online safety. We have to do a lot more educating. Larissa, any final thoughts you'd like to share in terms of strategies that parents can employ who are you know, potentially struggling with you know, many of the issues that you've covered here in their own homes on a daily basis? You know, make it easy. So right now, um, if you're talking about right now in the pandemic, I would say um, less tech is more. Less tech is better for your family. Less tech means they're going to sleep more. Less tech means they're going to play more. And less tech means they're going to eat more, right? So uh, it's such a positive thing when we least decrease. Try and decrease it to an hour a day, really. Um, and install a control app. Uh, set up your rules, post them on the fridge, talk about them as a family. But I think re-examining family values and looking at what do you want for your children in this very selfish world, right? Very selfish and unhinged world right now. How equipped do you want your children to be? And soon as you answer that question, I think you'll come up with your routines. And we have them all on our, our website and tips um, from not waking up in the morning and looking on your phone actually is the best because it somehow disrupts the circadian rhythms and the light. And it wants you to have more of that. Uh, we want to decrease that dopamine and cortisol in their brains. We want to give them more love, which is oxytocin. So hug them more, tell them you love them more and ease off the criticism and just love them and just have a dialogue, not a monologue. And I think that'll really go a long way. Tons of excellent tips and strategies. Larissa Mills, educational consultant, mother of three and founder of iParentGen.com. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Leanne, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you.